You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Howdy, neighbors. This is Penelope Flynn, one of your blurred assassins next door. And your other neighbors here in the other hood, Cranston, Sonia, William, Nikki, and Otto are here this very hot um, August 19th evening. It is, I mean, we're fighting it out here in the Southwest, but I know you all are probably fighting it out there where you all are too. So with that in mind, let's go straight to the weather. And I want to ask, you know, how are you all doing over there on the East Coast? Cranston, how are you doing up there in Jacksonville? It is, uh, we're at the edge of the heat dome that they always put up over the uh, middle part of the country. It's been in the, uh, the uh, like right now it's nine o'clock and it's 83. That's the low. And it's been uh, topping the upper 90s with occasional tiptoe into the uh, hundreds all week. Wow. There's the rain. Yeah. Well, and Sonia, are you about the same going up to the north? Yeah, we've been hovering around 90, 93. 94 it's supposed to get up to 97 in the middle of the week without the heat index but this afternoon it was actually quite pleasant at noon as long as you stayed in the shade and didn't right. move anywhere out of it. i mean you were actually able to go outside i could go outside i cleaned out my car um because my car is parked under a tree oh, okay. the minute <laughs> i stepped away from that tree I ran inside because it was hot. Wow. wow. And also, you all, you uh, very little rain? Very little rain. Um, I don't think it's rained since last week when it downpoured right after we finished our call. Well, at least you've got mm. some rain. That's so, what? yeah, but it hasn't rained in the week. So, but, you know, things are surviving, but Hotlanta is living up to its name. And as I remind people, we're just warming up because sept, uh, late August and September are always the hottest in Atlanta. Wow. Wow. And how about you, Nikki? I know you said that you all um, usually get rain. Well, I looked outside right now. It's raining right now. And it's 82 degrees. Wow. How wonderful. I envy you. Your rating and your temperature. And it's been like well, that for the um, past week. Well, our high today, the high, our high temperature today, um, was eighty nine, and our low was seventy seven. Wow, you're getting good weather. Excellent. I'm happy for you. Well, you know, so you're more than welcome to come down and enjoy it with me. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> William, <laughs> how's your weather? William's always bragging about his weather. Yeah, well, it's it's about 72 right now and uh, with a light breeze. You know what? I wish you could take it in a box and ship the weather here. I mean, we really need some better weather. And I know I was not here, but he usually talks about the weather here. And we were saying earlier, you know, our 
average temperature is like 100 and it's been no rain for over a month now so it's really mm. very very hot you know i mean but it's not sticky because it, no humidity so it's hot and uh, i mean you get out in it and it's like you're energy, completely sapped and if you get out and get anything done then you're doing a-okay so you know right now just the fact that we're sitting and breathing we're doing all right so I'm sure it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. But, you know, stay inside where it's cool, and then you'll be okay. So, um, yeah, I was going to say, of course, uh, we talked earlier about uh, one issue, but then people started talking about this other issue. So we kind of wound that one in first, which was about uh Films that are tear jerkers or things that move you to tears. I think Sonya put an article about it. It was a, a friend of mine. Yeah, a friend of mine posted her tear jerker moments, and everybody dogpiled on it and made her even more depressed. <laughs> well, I think that there's some things that people create. I don't know. Talk about this. Create certain films in order for them. To elicit that response, and some are just so good that they're just moving in just in of themselves that they're removing films, and you know they don't you know resort to you know the quick cheats you know in order to get to the tears. So with that in mind, I was going to ask you know do we have any films that we think are great um, tear jerker films that we just thought you know were cleansed and sad, or are there any on the other hand, that you think they just tried a little bit too hard. I'll I'll go first. I'm not sure. Color purple mm-hmm. when they separated the sisters. Uh huh. Because I know my family has a lot of color purple mimicked a lot of the stuff my family went through, and so then when they showed grown up Seely. And Whoopi Bookover came on there and she looked exactly like my Aunt Essie did at that age. I just couldn't stop. And I know they didn't Mm -hmm. intend it, but it's because you see the separation and then you try to see some hope. And and I just lost it, knowing that she's not going to get the hope anytime soon. Oh, wow. Mm. And of course, then when the sisters were reunited, I was crying again because it did parallel. My grandmother was able to get my aunt up here for some time um, from Jamaica. And so seeing the sisters reunited again, of course, I started crying again. Oh, okay. So that's her tearjerker film. Is there any other tearjerker film for you? Uh, two instances. T'Challa being dusted in infinity war and then seeing him come through that portal and endgame yeah that was kind of cool i mean that was very cool yeah and when i got it when the certain people were dusted i got it they, and it was a cheap cheap what you call it to get it yeah cheap but i mine, yeah, but mine yeah was, you knew was, they were pulling it using it to pull at people especially right. groot and uh rocket oh for me now peter parker yeah. So with Peter Parker. With Peter Parker is just he's just a kid. And it's like, you know, wait, 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 you know, what the heck? So that was that was yeah. mine. They 
tugged at your heartstrings. Oh, no. Well, I could, I could tell what Groot was saying, even though he all he was saying was, I'm Groot. Mm -hmm. I could tell by the way Vin Diesel emphasized it that he was actually calling out for Rocket at that time. And I then later it was confirmed when he had the behind the scenes. They What they did was they translated each I am Groot so that Vin would know what the emphasis was. Mm -hmm. And they, trans, they translated that one as Daddy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> So, yeah, that one I knew they manipulated the song. So, but I also felt sorry for all those young boys who finally felt, I have a hero to look up to. I have to child. What? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I thought, oh my God. When I first saw it, I was like, what in the world? And then you realize, oh my gosh, he's culling the entire herd. You know, he's just, just taking out half the people and just. Completely Whoa. random. Yeah. yeah. Although I gotta say that a lot of stuff that was done in game I thought it didn't make any sense. Like, you know, they, it would be able to have a movie if they I, did sense. But that triumphant seeing T'Challa walk through with Shuri and Okoye. I was like, yeah! Yeah, that was good. Alright, y'all. Well, come on. Anybody else in France? Y'all can admit if you see a film and it makes you you know, feel a little moved. You have any film that moves you like that? And yeah, that's that film, that set of films. Yeah, there was. There were two that I could think of offhand from, um, believe it or not, the uh, Toy Story franchise. And the one was the one where in Toy Story three, when they were caught in the factory and they were about to go to the smelter, and there was no way off the belt. And all the toys like join hands as they inch closer and closer to the flames and everything, and they're all going to face it and go out together. That was one. Uh, and there was another one in Toy Story 4 where um, Woody had finally caught up with Miss uh, um, uh, Muffet and everything, and so he has to make the choice. Um, does uh, he want to go with her or does he want to go back with um, his new owner who was sort of kicking to the curb because she liked uh, Calamity Jane better? And Buzz says to him very quietly, says, Woody, she's going to be fine. And uh, he thinks he's talking about Bo Peep. And uh, what he's, who is really talking about is Bonnie. He said, yeah, Bonnie, she's going to be fine. So. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, in that regard, is two films that are kind of like that. One of them is Toy Story, but the whole segment when the doll, I guess Jane, is that her name? Yeah. She is dropped behind the bed and the little girl just kind of loses track of her and then loses interest. I thought that that was very, very touching. You know, that that's it. You know, you're, you know, they used to be your bestie, she's looking for you. And then they give her something else and then she moves on. And she's just there under the bed, you know, just, you know, nobody sees her. And then finally packed up and, you know, sent off to the, um, wherever the, I guess the Salvation Army type place. And I thought that was very sad. And because it's kind of like what happens in, in life, not with just your toys, but also, I guess, with your older friends, people that you're very close to. And then, you know, if something happens, you don't talk to them for a while, you don't see them. And, 
you move on and they move on and, and you never know, you know, how did that person react to that loss, you know, as you are, you know, moving you know, on with your life and vice versa. So, yeah, I thought that was very touching. Also, I don't know if anyone's ever seen it, but there, I mean, we saw it hundreds and millions of times, which is an animated film called The Brave Little Toaster. And The Brave Little Toaster has so many just heart-wrenching scenes, you know, and, you know, if you haven't seen it, you, probably, you know, if you have little children, you probably haven't seen it. But even if you don't have little children, it's still very good. And um, be interesting to see it. I mean, I know Otto has seen it. I think, Mickey, you've seen Brave Little Toaster, right? Uh-uh. No? Oh, my God, the kids watch it 100 million times. But, yeah, it's that that one has that. And, of course, if we're really going to go in an animated uh, route, this song in the Goofy movie, Nobody Else But You, when Max and Goofy, the, the duet, that, you know, makes me look like Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that song is, you know, yeah. And also okay. I posted it, it's part of our, our little our clip, the graphic of the show, that uh, The Natural, at the end of the, the film, The Natural, when he hits home run and it hits the lights and the lights all explode and, and you know, he's been injured and still he's, you know, and he uses the, the bat boy's bat, you know, that, all that, that lineup for that is just, yeah, that, that to me was very moving, you know, Film. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but I love that part of the film. In the natural, that that I thought was, you know. And I did not cry and get weepy and sad at any time in uh, a field of dreams. Even when his dad comes out of the um, cornfield, I wasn't, you know, no. So it wasn't the same type of thing. The natural, yeah. Also, I posted a thing, thing with Norma Ray in the film, Norma Ray they shut down all the machines and she's standing on top of the table with the sign that says Union, you know, and that is one of my favorite movie scenes, you know, and, you know, and I think when you take that and you compare it with like the film Fist, it's best just alone where they try to make it, you know, that same kind of level of, of uh, emotional response, but it doesn't really get to that level. I think Norma Ray, you know, is like people who are just so downtrodden, who had nothing, but had to come together. And, you know, this is just, you know, a worker, you know, it's a mom, it's a wife. And she knows that, you know, the union is gonna help them do better and get better. She's gotta do that for her family, for her kids. And that's one of my favorite That's partially because of the actor that's involved. You know, Sally Field being a little thing, she pulls your all your emotion heartstrings where uh, Sylvester Stallone's supposed to win because he's a big guy. I don't know. I mean, just for me, for Norma Ray, it's just that you have people. I mean, it's yeah. all over the world, you know, all over this country who just can't get a leg up and they just knuckle under so often because I'm afraid of losing the little bit that I have and have this role with those, you know, as women, you know, the little bit that I have, I'm ready to sacrifice 
whatever it takes dealing with this company in order to have them do right. And I just I always love that film. You know, it's like, you know, no matter who you are, no matter how far down on the totem pole, you know, that yeah, individual people can make a difference. And so that's the kind of film, you know, that, that gets me. And that got you. I, I always like that. Because it's not the end of the film or anything, it's just right there in that scene where everybody's got to take a stand. You know, like down the machines or you can you know, keep on going. And she doesn't say anything. She's standing there with the sign, the, the written sign of union, and everybody starts shutting down the machines. So I thought that was just pretty. That 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 was a bit that the moving scene to me. And I can't that you've been talking blah 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 about my scenes, but you know, Nikki, you didn't talk about your scenes. Oh. I don't have one. Let's get everybody else and by the end come back to me and I'll have one. Okay, okay. Well it was hard for me to try to figure out scenes that I thought were moving. And the auto, you did better than I, I did. Yeah, I got a bunch, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm I'm corny as hell because I got a bunch of scenes, you know, <laughs> that get to me. And and it may not, you know, get anybody else, but I get you know, based on life experience and you know, history and you know, all this other things, but you know, this the scene, the end scene from Glory when the boys choir of Harlem is is singing and mm -hmm. uh, the the black soldiers are marching and you know what's gonna happen. But you know, and they kinda know what's gonna happen too. But you know what? This gotta this gotta get done. This gotta get done. And mm -hmm. so it's it's just it's so heart wrenching to me that they know what's gonna happen next. Almost, you know, imminent death, but it's mm -hmm. worth it. It's all worth it. And, and then you had the boys choir Harlem mm -hmm. singing, you know, singing their hymn. Yes. That's that's it for me. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, because it's touching. It's like, you know, a lot of people have that same response to that. You know, that you know, these guys, these men, you know, denied for so long the right to just basic humanity. And then, you know, like you say, having to just basically jump how many steps on the Maslow scale, you know, all in a matter of weeks, months, you know, from and it's all worth it. You know, it's, and it's all and yeah. it's all worth it's all worth it fighting against people who basically enslaved them. Not basically. It's enslaved they did. Them. Yeah, they and they yeah. enslaved them and treated enslaved them like them, you know, treated them like property. Yeah, and benefited from that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, 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 so that got to me. It did the boys' choir Harlem did such a great job. Mm -hmm. Put all right. that together, and that that gets me. You know, that gets me. the the other The other um, uh, scene that gets me is when, when Malcolm X is in in the film Malcolm X when um, he's released from prison. You know, he's going through his process of of uh, discover discovery and intellectual curiosity and spiritualism. He's not there, he's on a journey. And then he finally meets Elijah Muhammad and and the emotional supplicant, you know, just to have that, to, to bend your will to another person or, some, or something that's, you know, greater than yourself. It's such a religious and emotional thing. That got to me too. Yeah. And I remember in that scene, like watching, I mean, Denzel really 
you know, bending he, himself. Yes, the thing he drops his Making shoulder. himself smaller. Yeah. Small, you know, in in the face of this man, whom he reveres, like he says, I adore him. You know, the Latin adorare. You know, you know that that level. You know, of, of adoration for this individual and me i mean he just does such a great job on yeah, the journey that this man has been on right so mm -hmm. he's been through this journey you know all the the problems of society that puts on a, a person like him who's who's black who's, mm -hmm. who's also intelligent but doesn't have the options that the most intelligent people would have to them and um you know to, to go through all that and then look for a different way that's that's based on faith and spiritualism is just it's just a you know fantastic thing to me it had a lot of meaning to me and so i so so that yeah that that woke me up too i noticed that i thought okay if william is in and out he's muted i'm going to give him his moderator thing so he can bring himself in and out but uh william do you have any films that get you to that point where you are you know, emotionally, you know, at that that point where you're, you're just misty, tearful, you know, that it gets you into that emotional state. You know? you know, now that I think about it, I can't think of anything, but I I do remember being. I'm sorry about going in and out. I'm trying to find some place where I can sit where my uh -huh. phone will stay connected. So let me do that, and then I'll come in with you guys in a, in a bit, okay? Okay, cool. You're just fine now, though. But you just probably can't sit, okay? All right, well, I don't... Yeah, there's one, one, one final film. is an old, old film. It's uh, Two Years of Our Life. And uh, it's, uh, uh, I think, William Wyler did that film. And it's uh, about soldiers, military guys returning to the United States after World War II. And there's a there's a sailor who was in the war and it, both his hands were blown off during mm -hmm. uh, a military accident, a military attack. And so he has these uh, hooks for hands. And so he goes back to his family, you know, he's he has trepidations about, you know, how people are gonna look at him because he doesn't, I mean, this, this actor doesn't, he really doesn't have hands and he was, injured in the military and so you know he uh his, his family you know they treat him like they treat him you know they they don't ignore it but at the same time you know they they see that he has hooks for hands and so you know he eats and you know he's dinner and everything then he gets ready to go to bed and they painstakingly painstakingly show how his father has to help him you know, take off his pajamas, take off his clothes, put on his pajamas and the straps that he has in order to put the hooks on his hands. And it just, you know, that that just that got to me too. That just it's so real. That's just so real. Uh it just really just it gets me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you know, I, I keep going in and out. I know one scene from a film that does that that gets me and it's from dead presidents. And after they, the bank robbery, yep. and then we get caught, and the role that Chris Tucker plays, and he's Smoking. sitting in 
and Smokey. Not Smokey, that's in the other film. That's in Friday the role. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So he's there and he's and he's the cops are coming there to beat down the door, they're beating down his door, and then when they finally break in, he is sitting in the chair in front of the television and he is shooting up, you know, I guess. No, he finished. He just he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, dead. And he's sitting in front of the television and this Al Green is performing. I think it's on Soul Train and the saying, I'm so tired of being alone. Oh my gosh, that, that, and every time I hear that song, I think of that scene. It is just so sad, you know? It's just, you know, such a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible thing. You know, they do this thing and, 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 you know, they're just at the point they may, you know, get away with it, but then somebody has to do something. It's crazy. But I thought, you know, Chris Tucker was fantastic in that film. And that scene was just that that is a scene that got to me. You know, I mean everybody I know it's uh Lorenz Tate's film, but I mean I think Chris Tucker just he just chewed the scenery in that film. I mean it was great. <laughs> so um right, anybody else, I mean Cranston, you kinda in and out with with your I mean you can say anything really yet. Uh, now we're also gonna do ones that just you know, like bored you to tears that you would just like totally just. Oh uh, uh, yeah. And one that I would have to say I can't say that I was bored exactly because you kept watching it, thinking it was gonna get better, and it didn't. But uh, sorry to bother you. Oh yeah, I want to tell you in my honesty, that is a film where. By the time we got to the end, I had no idea what the heck was going on. I I just really didn't. I mean, I the thing with the the uh, the horses and stuff like that, and the, I I didn't know what was the hell. I thought that it was on a drug trip. I didn't know that was going to be real. So yeah, I was. I had no idea what the heck was going on that film. At first, you know, they had the thing with them talking with David Cross doing the voicing, which I thought was really cool and. How they had him like when they he was talking to someone on the phone in their home, basically having this desk that crashed down into the person's home. And that's the, the level of intrusion he called by. I thought that was brilliant. But then it just kind of like, I don't know what was going on. And also the thing where they had the people and they lost their homes and said, okay, then they get this work and you know and live and stuff and basically it was a prison you were like the prison jumpsuits and everything and not only that you don't even like go to the cafeteria to eat to bring the food and to eat sitting in your bed oh my god oh, I mean, they, they would do that too they could they would do it but i just i thought that was there was a whole lot of really good people in that film but they just didn't really know how to put it together well, it was to me. It reminded me of a lot of things. It was like the student film because it had all the little things that you would think would be put in or something like that. Um, but it was, but it was kind of a thing where you know it was. It looked like something was done by committee. Yeah. I said, I know what you could do. Let's put this in there. So um, that was it. It was. I think, it, and and I wasn't the only one. I think everybody else that was leaving was uh, was. 
puzzled first about what they had seen and then why they came in to see it. Well, yeah. I, I can tell you why they came in to see came in to see yeah. it because you know it was advertised um, in a certain way, and, I, and, and we went to see it in a in the movie theater with a lot of black people uh, frequent the movie theater, and they were a lot of the people were totally dissatisfied, like they're wasting their money because they thought it was a social commentary on you know what black people needed to do to make it in in the in the corporate world, how they had to talk and act and all that. And so it was none of that. And so they felt that they were tricked out of their money. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I kind of agree because and I'm sitting, I'm watching. And I mean, <laughs> I had no idea. I thought, well, I thought he was like on a drug trip and then all that stuff. He said, no, that, that apparently was happening. Okay, well, that's, that's a new thing. So that was the thing for me. So I. I could not follow what what were they like you're saying I thought it was one thing and then it ended up being something else and I wasn't sure what the heck they were doing. I had no problem accepting that all this was actually happening, but why? You said, okay, yeah, but this is why this is happening, but why? Yeah. I mean, um, but that's why I thought that you know, because the guy had given him drugs. And I thought, okay, he's tripping. On these drugs that man gave him but no actually it's supposed to be this other thing and i'll tell you how um out of it i was you know they were talking about these things walking around with their schlong showing i didn't even notice i i, 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 I had no idea I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what the heck is going on in the film yeah i had just no idea i mean it just it was just all over the place and i yeah i really wanted to like it you know, I really wanted to like it, and I was not able to like it. Whatever happened to that guy, anyway? Uh, which one? The one who wrote it. Did he get any more projects? The actor. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the director or the actor? The director. The, the actor, Keith, Keith Stansfield. He does a lot of stuff. I'm the, the, the guy yeah, who uh, wrote it and the director. I wonder whatever happened. Did he ever? Did this turn into anything for him? He, he is uh, he is currently doing uh, whichever streaming service has this series about the fifteen foot tall kid, whatever it is. Oh, Virgo, I'm Virgo. Yeah, yeah that's what that's what he's doing now. So, I mean, I've seen the trailers for it, the ads for it, and it does not look like something that would interest me. So, I have not seen it yet. Have you seen it? Uh, no. It's one of those things you say, yeah, okay, I'll get around to it eventually. I like said, no, I don't think I'm ever going to get around that eventually unless somebody tells me it's <laughs> more worthy of like, because, you know, you tricked me. I got tricked once, right? Now that I know See. who did it, you tricked me once. You know, trick I, me think in. I think that director is trying to get to that space that um, what's the, uh, uh, Glover is in. Yeah. You know, that kind of, that kind of uh, you know, tilted reality kind of space. And I don't think that he really has the chops for it, for what I've seen so far. Yeah, but they understand uh, that Glover's brother is the one who writes all that stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, so whatever collaboration that's going on for Glover, yeah. it, right, right. it's working for him, it's not working for this guy. Yeah, and maybe he is in a different headspace, and the people around him want to try to put him in that space, and he's not really there. 
he's telling a different story, but they're trying to, you know, move him into that arena. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, some some people just aren't good. Or, you know, or they or he may be good doing the thing that he meant to write, but not the thing that they want him to write. You know. So you know, we want another Donald Glover, but he's not another Donald Glover. He's himself. And maybe his story is just fine, but the story they want him to tell. So I hope that's the case that he gets an opportunity to really show what he's got. So I know I hope William, until William's here, I hope that he's got a better uh, spot to sit and um, discuss. Hopefully, I'll in a second. Okay, I thought he was going to get in there. Okay, there he is. So, William, how about yes. you? Any, any, is there any, any film that got to you like that? You know, I, I remember being gotten, but I don't remember the films that made me that way. Uh, you sound like me. That's how I was this afternoon. I was thinking, I know there's some things that made me feel that way. I just can't remember what they were. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 what's up with my case. Yeah, I, I get it because because Otto was the one who said, "Well, what about this and this?" Like, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. But yeah, there was a lot of films I remember feeling. I mean, I'm trying to think back. Is it my childhood or when I was, you know, growing up? You know, things that I saw that made me sad like that. Of course, like uh, what is the one? Um, not Sounder. I was not sad in Sounder. Um, Old Yeller. Old Yeller was sad. Old Yeller was very, very sad. Yeah, but I didn't like dogs. So, you know, you shoot a dog. That was that was cool with me back then. Wow. wow. Especially dogs and ain't yellow. Yeah. yeah. Or, or why would they call him Old Yeller, you know? Yeah. Hey, it was the South. Yeah, I don't give a damn. It's the North. I Everybody's sure. old something, right? Yeah, old, old something. In the South, everybody old something. Yeah, so old, you know, like either they're down there and stuff. You're like, oh, whatever it is, live down the coast from old, whatever it is. He lives across the road from that, you know. So yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, tear jerkers. A lot of tear jerkers, intentional, are are animal animal movies like. The Lassies of the world, the, the old yellows. Yeah, yeah, the Bambies of the world and all that. You know, to me, that's a fail. Not one yeah. kid, not one kid out of my eye. But, but then there's movies where they deliberately try to jerk you around, like, what, what was that? Officer and a Gentleman at the end, you know, where they wanted the guys to cry as well as the women, you know, and I, I'm... I, I I don't like being manipulated like that. I'm sorry. Well, that's what I'm talking about, man. I'm talking about the lasties and the old yellows of the world. Yeah, the lasties and the old yellers. All right. The lasties and the old yellers. They're only there to 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 make you try to make you cry. And book was like like said, you Bambi. You know the Bambi's Bambi. Bambi. Yeah, yeah, that's a a big you know. Your jerker moment at the beginning of a film, you know. Half of Disney movies are like that. Yeah, what was that? The 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 one the, the was it the Lion King? 
Yep, that too. Yep, they kill off his uh, dad. Um, yeah, that's a that's a Disney goes in for that. You know, the, the killing of the parent. You know, you're gonna cry. You're gonna cry. Yeah. Damn it. You will cry. You will cry. That, but you know that's true. That you have that, and, and it's. Um, I wonder, you know, in the Disney um, filmmaking, do they think about what kind of a, an effect that could ultimately have on children? You know, trying to make them cry. It's like it's like what's the name in the Medea films? I don't know. I've never seen one. There's only Me neither. Scene in there where people feel, oh, that's a heartfelt, that's a heartfelt scene. No, I've I've seen a couple of them and I've cried after watching them because I did watch it or I couldn't find a remote in time. But <laughs> as far as any really, you know, um, he's trying to make you cry. It, it, it's uh, yeah, but it's so, but but it's it's kind of like there are so many other things going on that kind of interfere with it. When you look at things like um, you know, like whoever is the uh, guy is always going to be the good guy and whoever's the darkest actor is always going to be the bad guy so you just sit there waiting for them to uh, drop and the other thing I wonder is how did he get some of these people uh, to um, to be in one of these things I mean you know were they trying to get their roof reshingled or something and they needed <laughs> hey you know what roofs do need to be reshingled yeah I mean I go it needs to happen I go along with uh with uh, James Spader's comment that there's no shame in an actor taking a job just because they need the money, but I said you must have needed the money really bad if you you know if you you signed up for this. Yep, you know what? It didn't look like that. I signed up for it. They told me it was going to be like you know King Lear or something. Yeah. Well, okay. no, sometimes, sometimes you know it's not going to be any good. I think I remembered uh, it was uh it was Dennis Leary um danny glover and i can't think of the other actor but they were in this movie a disney movie called operation dumbo drop oh my god it was yeah. based on a real uh incident that had happened during the vietnam war that um the air force agreed to uh transport this uh sacred elephant to cambodia or something like that and everything and they and, and they did it so it was based on a real event but they said this movie was so bad that everybody kept a, a picture in their trailer of what they were going to spend the money on. That's the only way. To <laughs> I keep them motivated. Yeah. You know what? I was just thinking of another film that did give me that moment of being reclaimed. And that was the film Life with Eddie Murphy and um, Martin Lawrence. And that portion of the film in the prison where, you know, over time they're showing everyone dies you know yeah. that to me was just you know i mean it was no big big thing but just the way they did it it was just you know very um moving uh you know the and you realize that these people never went back home you know i mean to live out the rest of your life in that place like that you know it's just really so sad so you know that film that that part of the film to me was you know very sad very touching you know you know the uh the green mile yes 
is a film that try to make people cry all the film. It does not. It doesn't. It didn't succeed with me at all. You know. No, no. And I would have you so many, so many times. It's just saying, you know what? Yeah, I get ready to cry. Take out your handkerchief. Yeah, I want to tell you, I I was uh, offended actually by Green Mile. But which part? Why? Uh, it, uh, because the way that they put this film together. I mean, they could have gotten um, any daughter black person to be in this role. They could have got any black man to play that role. But they want to have this big, 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 you know, black man infantilized, you know, um, and that they can maltreat him. So little bitty, you know, guy, Percy, you know, could beat up on this big black man and that he just takes it. And I, yeah, but it, that that wasn't what I objected to in, in, in that movie so much. What I objected to was the fact that they, they it, it was just really blanket manipulation, mm-hmm. you know, of the viewer. It was just blanket manipulation. And it, it, it just, you know, the, you, you, the, the white guy, the black guy, the, 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 the fact that he has power. But but it's this kind of you know and it it I I think it went a step too far for me, even though I I have to admit it was very very well produced it was well done to do what it was supposed to do which was make people feel a certain way right yeah, it was manipulative yeah but just, just, like, just, yeah. Like, just like Forrest Gump was Forrest Gump. I couldn't stand that though. I couldn't either. I, and and I know too many retarded white guys. So it it was just business as usual for me. It's like, yeah, that that film for me was like like an epic fail. That was an epic fail for me. And I think the thing's really interesting for me is that when I look at some of these films and then people say that they are so good, and I wonder whether they really believe it's good. Or that they think that they're supposed to say it's good. It's manipulative. It's it it does it does what it's supposed to do. It made it made people cry. Excuse me for using the word, but I call those those kind of movies bandwagon bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it really is. Mm. I mean, they really are not good. I mean, I watched Forrest Gump and I saw that film and I was thinking. Okay, so when is the good part going to start? I just think some people are very powerful in Hollywood, and people don't want to say no to them. Well, in in that one year when Forrest Gump came out, wasn't Tom Hanks in like five other movies? Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's barnstorming Hollywood. Yeah, he's he's in the movies that are going to make you cry. And that's how he got his Oscars. You know, Saving Private Ryan. You know? Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. you know, Green Mile, the, you know, bring your handkerchief movies. Yeah, but I believe in the, the show, in the, I mean, the film Green Mile, the thing that I thought was very interesting is that this guy who has the capability of curing people, right? Now, they have no problem allowing him to use or that, that he uses abilities to cure them. And then that they take him off site to go cure this man's wife who gets like, possessed by something or other to the warden's wife or whatever 
that he take they take out of his prison to go there to do this for this woman, but yet, you know, he's not let out when they know that this man is innocent of having done anything. He killed a little white girl. But he didn't. Well, he, he did. The evidence that he got convicted. Right, but I'm saying that they know that that didn't happen. The same people that took him out so that they could use him to do what they want him to do for them. And they have no problem with that in the film and not realize the hypocrisy of it. Well, that's what they had the characters say, you know, that you're doing me a favor if you let me die because life is just too painful otherwise. So that made it okay. Yeah. So that's how you give them an out. Yeah. Beat the shit out of them. It's okay. Exploit me, use me, but then it's okay. Just go ahead and kill me now because then, you know, life is just too horrible and terrible for me. Yeah. Like Jesus. Like Jesus said. Yeah, like Jesus said, kill me, you know, no, that don't think that Christ said, okay. Because that isn't that isn't he a Jesus a Christ like figure in the movie? That's well yeah. Well he, he he's a Jesus analog, yeah. Yeah, he's J C, you know, non coffee. You know, he is J C. Yeah, but that, that is another manipulative manip- what a I mean manipulative films like the Shawshank Redemption. No, 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 it's not. Shawshank was not that manipulative because look at the ending. Yeah. I mean, I liked, I just say I love the ending of Shawshank. Ending, ending is meant to make you cry. I don't think so. I think it was uh-uh. meant to make you happy because after all of this, after all of this, you know, when he writes, I think the part that hold does. On, hold on make a second, you, no, the one part that was the one part that does make me make that for Clint section was when he basically checks out of that hotel and he writes, you know, that final note. And the red was here, you know, like the red was here, you know, too, and he, he left. Well, yeah, Penelope, was- don't you, did you cry, did you feel like crying when that James Whitmore character hanged himself? Yes. Well, so, you know, I, yeah, I did. I thought that was horrible. But I think the issue was that there is the dichotomy of him being there in that room and Red being the exact same room. That, you know, mm-hmm. great, you know, you're free, but are you really? You know, they put you in prison all this time. The only family you have, really, the only connections you have are with the people on the inside. Like you said, I'm gonna go commit a crime to put me back, you know? I'm just completely alienated in that place. So and you don't then, think there was any manipulation in the movie, even when the, the, uh, the guy hanged himself? I don't think so. I think that's the story. I don't think it's manipulation. That's just the story. And let's face it, you know, that Red was at that point himself, you know, the loneliness, the alienation, all of it, you know, not being able to fit in to the society, this world. He is free, but he is not. When he was in prison, he was a guy who can get people things. But out here, he's he's nobody. He's a bad groceries, right? Yeah, and I think that the show that you know the the other guy, the other guy went through the exact same thing, and he didn't have someone who was a friend of his saying there is another way, there's an out, you know, that there's another thing that can be done, you know, and you just had to say you know the first time you know after he left there he committed a crime he did a go parole you know he, he crossed the border and left. You know? What about uh, what about the miracle worker? 
I like that film. I didn't get weepy over it though, but I did like it a lot. I didn't think anything, well, I guess at the end, when she does the thing with the mother and father, you know, when she, you know, understands finally that the things you do with their hands have meaning, you know? Yeah. I thought that- the yeah, Helen Keller. yeah, the Helen Keller story. Yeah, I thought that they were Ann Sullivan, you know, does, you know, finally she gets through to her, you know, what, that these things have meaning. You know, I, I did think it was good. Patty Duke wore it out. Uh, and you, don't, you don't think that was you don't think that was manipulative? I mean, it's I mean, movies to some extent have to be, don't you think? But intended to get a specific emotional response. But I think the emotional response is that they wanted you to feel the the, the triumph of this girl to finally get it, to finally understand. You know, after all this time and. Her being, you know, incorrigible, and she's, a, you know, that's like an animal, and that nothing is ever going to change for her. And then to finally be in a position where something is she gets it, where yeah. she gets it, yeah, yeah. And and I think it's a wonderful thing. I think if people cry about, it, I think the the part to me that does get you reclaimed is when she does mother, father, finally, and see, these are this is what these people. This is them, you know. Oh, I get it now, you know. This is them. Yeah. I like the I like the part where she's there and they said she just don't get it. And she's sitting there like, doing the finger spells to the dog. And like, she don't get this. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> the dog does not understand finger spelling. Right. She doesn't get it. She's completely, you know, it's not gonna work. I love that part because like she's so far away from understanding that there's nothing you can do for her. So think it's okay for for movies to intentionally manipulate you to try to make you cry. I think that you know, yeah, I think that that's part of the the story that they have intentional. <coughs> it's a story that is a story they're telling, and it is a human story that people know make human beings feel a certain way, and they would like for you to feel that way. They want you to engage that emotional response because i also i also think that they do that so that you have a shared experience with a room full of people at the same time that i think there i think there's some uh deliberation there where they go well what's going to get this room full of people to feel something or to yeah to feel something the, the majority of the room because the majority. you got you, you right, got your Williams, right. you got your Williams in the room well yes that you're you're absolutely right well I, you know what here's the thing i resent anybody who tries to manipulate me sons of bitches because that's just the na my nature and and then when i'm sitting in a in a theater full of people and i'm looking at the screen and i'm going i don't effing believe what they're trying to make me feel or do or whatever you know what i mean right, right but the thing is i think in some films that there is a shared humanity regarding certain things how we hope that people would feel about you know somebody being injured or somebody being rescued that we or titanic oh god please Titan no. oh, or, or the, the, ending, yeah, that the, one, ending, yeah. the ending of coolie hot 
Well, you mean when they, they the boys killed Cochise? Yeah. And they played the, what is it, Four Tops or Temptation song? Yeah, so yeah. hard to say goodbye to yesterday. That's not what it was. Huh? Reach out, out. out um, reach out, out, what you call it, um, Four Tops. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. At the end, when he, when, yeah, when the, when the uh, Glenn Turman character is leaving. Oh, okay. That's that's manipulative, right? Well, don't I mean... Feel, but, don't, you feel, uh, don't you feel kind of teary-eyed watching that scene? I, I, I resent... I, you, oh, you know what it is? I resent crude manipulation. I think if it's done well, if somebody is telling a compelling story and tells it in a way that you, you actually feel what they want you to feel, that's great. But, but you know, there, there's so much out there where they just, you know, they've got stock Hollywood scenes and memes yeah. that they just throw in there to try to jerk you around and 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 that's that i resent that it pisses me off yeah as if you're um a push button like a push button and, and you <laughs> it's like coming you pay your 15 dollars here's a hand job yeah but you don't even get to finish right excuse me uh-huh. okay guys no but seriously i mean it's a you know that that they want you to they want you to experience this outcome it's not like you can't take it any other way you know you don't you don't find it funny you don't find it um you know any other way but teary you know it's like it's almost like the the movie pride of the yankees right when mm-hmm. when luke gary gives that speech you're supposed to cry damn it cry <laughs> Right? That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to cry. I mean, you know, this guy's he's on he's headed toward death. He's giving a speech, you know. And he's he's like the old R shucks kind of I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth. You know? And the whole movie, talk about a, a big mass of manipulation. It's on the true story, right? Lou, we know Lou Gehrig. Yeah. We know he's gonna he's gonna become so ill that he's gonna have the disease named after him. But and, and we know what's gonna happen. And the whole film is one climax toward you're gonna cry and we're gonna make sure that you do. Mm-hmm. And you wanna like that? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, but I think also what is it people who have an opportunity to emote like that? whatever it is that you have going on how bad you're feeling or whatever just to have this catharsis you know what do you think you don't think that that's part of it that you have this catharsis well it's like you know terms of endearment you mentioned that right yes if if you never saw the movie before you don't know what's going to happen at the end you know i'm not trying to get no spoilers away or anything but you know you know a death scene happens at the end, right? But if you watch Pride of the Yankees, you know what's going to happen at the, you know, at the beginning of the movie. You know what's up, right? Right. And so all you are are just like a, a pile of dough being kneaded, you know, placed in an oven and baked. Okay, let me tell you something terrible that I did. 
I went and saw Titanic half a dozen times just so I could be in line when people were, you know, you'd be in line and then the, the previous theater full of people would come out. And I would say real loud so everybody could hear, well, well was it a good movie? Well, was it a good movie? Oh, no, no, don't tell me what it, how it ended. But was it good? Tell me how it ended. Yeah, don't tell me how it ends. But was it good? Was it good? Just, just to be a jerk, you know. Just <laughs> <laughs> tell me how it ended. We all know the ship yeah. is gonna sink, right? Yeah. A lot of people are gonna die. Yeah. No, see, I did one worse than William. I actually went when all the teeny boppers were like, "He died." I'm like. Did you fall asleep during history class? <laughs> yeah, this thing is real. It did happen. It happened. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people died. A lot of people yeah. died. They didn't make it. I was telling people loudly that Titanic made my ass learn how to swim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm saying you're you weren't going to swim in that water. You weren't going to learn knowing how to swim wasn't going to help you in that in that case. Yeah, not too much. Not that icy water. I I I'm, I probably would have pushed that old woman into the water because <laughs> she top, yeah yeah because she's 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 had her life. <laughs> you know, I still got years to go. Man, man, I'm not gonna be able to. With y'all. <laughs> well, if, if I'm a if I'm a musician, I'm gonna get that that bass that bass fiddle. I'm gonna turn it upside down and use it as a flotation device. How long? There can you I go. Last? There you How go. Long can I last? There you go. I'm looking at our our clock on my computer, and we're ready. We're getting about a little after time, so. If you all had a film that you uh, was your worst manipulative film, the film you found that tried to manipulate you the most to to tears, which one would it be that you resent the most for trying to manipulate you to tears? Anybody? Who's going, who's going for uh, terms of endearment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of a German, come on, let's face it. Such, I mean, it was just like smacking it from the very beginning, right? I mean, who would have decided that was going to happen to somebody? Because it really didn't need to happen to anybody, right? Right. We don't know how to end this film, so let's do this. We don't. We have an ending for it, so here we go. It just didn't make sense at all. That's things like that and steel magnolias, you know. Yeah. So well, I felt bad for the 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 alien creature in Aliens Four. There's an alien. Because form. because Sigourney Weaver, you know, okay, fine, she's gonna jump in the hot lead, but then the alien tries to jump out of her and get away, and she just grabs him and takes him with her. Man, that was so unfair. But I was trying to escape. Don't you understand? Uh, yep, I do. I'm you going to go to. I read an interesting uh, review this weekend. Um, 
and and the reviewer basically said that Alien is nothing but uh, a reboot of the 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 tale of the Demeter in the Bram Stoker novel Dracula. That's all it is. I guess it is. You know, you kind of put this monster on in the ship with the crew, and then it takes them out one by one, right? I never thought of it that way. Yeah, me either, but that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Sonia, do you have anything? I was bored to tears, but not in the way to cry. Um, my family, my mom and I were big Bond fans, and the only Bond movie I walked out of was um, Moonraker. Was it Moonraker? No. View to a Kill. Really? I, I just... And I'm, I'm a little kid, too, and my mom wasn't worried. She knew where I was. She knew that if I didn't rush back from the bathroom, that I was outside in the lobby just waiting because I just bored. Wow. And yeah, I, just, I, I just, I got too tired of the, oh, James, oh, James. She's old yeah. enough to be your granddaughter. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Okay. I don't remember which one. I know this one that Duran Duran sang. Yeah, it's the Grace Jones one, which was really because I like Grace Jones. Hold on, I have a bit up. There were other actors in there I really enjoyed. Grace Jones, Christopher Walken, and Patrick McNee and Patrick Bushell. I love those actors. But they didn't give them anything, huh? It's just uh, Tanya Roberts, they were too, they were too formulaic, even for a formula film like Bond. Wow, wow. Oh, yeah, she's putting it out there. Sonia is not pleased. Nope. <laughs> Only Bond movie I've ever walked out on. Wow. Otto, what about you? You know, there's a, a movie called Imitation of Life. Yes. And then at the end, it's supposed to be real sad because the, the mother, the black mother dies. Yes. And it's corny as hell. And, and it, But you know what got me? What? They brought out Mahalia Jackson uh, to sing at the funeral. They manipulated you. That was it. I'm done. They manipulated done. you, Mahalia Jackson. Oh my God, I'm done. Yep, so that, there you go. The ultimate in manipulation. That's it, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, they she got sang, she, I think she sang the song that she sang at Dr. King's funeral. Soon I will be done with the troubles of the world. Oh, God, that's it. I'm done. All right. They got you. Anybody else want to take, take their stock? No? Got everybody? All right. all right, you all. Well, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun, in all honesty, to see what it is that gets to us and gets, I mean, and I think really, you know, William, you're saying that that, that thing you said about being irritated because they are attempting to manipulate us, you know, and do it badly. That's a yeah. thing. Yeah. And do it badly. So yeah, that that is a thing. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with the, and I'm hoping that uh, and I, in fact, I was looking at the worst the the, the list of the big tearjerkers uh, that I looked at when I started this. There are a lot of things that were done, like in like like Sophie's Choice and Kramer versus Kramer, and all those that came around during that period. And I wonder what it was that they were thinking that they were trying to do to the American public. Well, it was, you know, it was that 80s sensibility at that time, you know, 
it, it there was there was such an emotional sameness to how they were trying to manipulate America. Uh, agreed. Yep. Agreed. Well, but let me ask you this: Why wasn't why wasn't that reflected in the political um, in the political sense? Because the eighties were the were the most one of the politically most selfish, um, nasty. But I, I think um, yeah, but I think that is it. Because they were trying to do like, like remember that uh, Gordon Gecko greed is good thing. Yeah. That people started. So, but you got Kramer away. versus. Yeah, but you got these other. But even Kramer versus Kramer, I hated that too. I hated it too, but if if the but goal the is to make you, it, is the goal is yeah. to soften you up and make you feel. Thing, my God, the eighties. Yeah, but the thing that the thing that it tried to make you feel was what that you had someone who was the mother who took care of this kid, you know, for all of the years of his, you know, short life, and the father steps in and does it for a few months, and so now he's a hero. You know, that 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 shit. Excuse my French, is the manipulation. And you've you know? got to remember that movies get approved years before. They actually get released so they probably were worked on and all of that back during a feel-good time they so what it was to, uh, or maybe not even a feel-good time because i think these things for instance are kind of like a backlash against things like the women's rights movement yeah that how dare yeah, she want to go out and have a job right how dare so, she want to have a career how did and, and you know what she's here to teach she's staying with this child and doing stuff with him and you know what I'm the man and I come home and you know I could take care of this kid better than her. You know, I just started doing it last week and I'm I'm better, you know, than she is with doing this. You know, I make the sacrifices to take care of the child. No, she made the sacrifices. Yeah, that that is a highly manipulative film. I hated that movie. Me too. Yeah. But I, I think it also it also says something. I mean, if if you you only have to go one more layer deep to look at the director slash producer of any movie like that to understand what their either their naked manipulations are or what their actual social sensibilities are you know and and then you're finding out boy this guy's got to be a real creep you know yes is that mike nichols no is it mike nichols? oh by the way i forgot the other one the king of manipulative um, tearjerker films is Million Dollar Baby. That is a manipulative tearjerker. I want to want to learn how to fight. I want to fight, but not that quickly. I fall down and hit my neck on a stool, and now I'm paralyzed. Now you have to kill me. I never uh, heard of any. I've, I've been a boxing fan and aficionado almost all my life. I've never heard that ever happening ever. Yeah, ever. I mean, really, really, that that ever, oh. never, nope. I know guys got killed boxing, but then not, not through that. Well, you gotta you gotta feel pretty bad about somebody who gets hit, hit so hard he starts talking like a sissy. I'm not gonna name any names. What? what? A boxer <laughs> who gets hit so hard he starts talking like a sissy. Yeah, I said it. Okay, you know there's a. There's an old boxing term where you get hit so hard, you start walking funny. They say you're walking on Queer Street, but there's no there's no ter there's no terminology I'm aware of where someone starts to talk like a sissy. 
Well, you know, how do you explain Mike Tyson then? He always talked like that, man. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> well, there was Mike. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I got because I got kicked out and I could still hear you guys and say left the needing. So anyway, but there's one movie that, um, and it's considered a classic. And uh, they did they had it both ways. They had it had you cheering and crying at the same time. And that was Thelma and Louise. Because they're going to drive off the Grand Canyon, but they're holding hands as they go and they freeze frame on the way down. So you're happy that they're finally free, but you're sad that, you know, they don't have like, oh, a, a drogue shoot on that uh, car. Well, wait, 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 wait. We never saw them die. Yeah, that is true. But, you know, if you let the Martian reach down and grab them out of the sky. I'm pretty sure that that's what happened. Yeah, um, they might have had their they might have had their seatbelts on. Well, that it is. could have been filming the ways Fast and Furious, where if it was one of Dom's, they would have just revved it up and stuff, and you know, spun out down there in the bottom. You know, well, yeah, that, that could have happened. happened. So yeah, no, but I mean, like William said, they had they had their seatbelts on. I mean. That's why you put your seatbelt on in the plane. You're 30,000 feet in the air. And that's what's going to save you. So if that's the case, yeah, Thelma and Louise could have survived. Yeah, yeah. But as Damon Runyon has said, the slow and steady may win the race, but that's not the way to bet. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I guess some of you, tell me, as you want to start thinking about them, so I can think of more probably bad ones than good ones, you know, where they try truly to manipulate you. Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. That's one, too. You know, look at these poor pathetic souls, you know, just trying to get out, you know, get to a better life. No, you can't have one. Thank Ratso you. Rizzo, Ratso Rizzo didn't make it. Nope. But the reality is, even they, what, what did they expect was going to happen when they got there? He was sick and and Florida was going to cure him. Okay. Because they had a lot of sunshine and and warmth and stuff. Well, maybe that that's true too. You know, being up there in the cold in the winter. Yeah. Sick all the time. Right. Doing his favors. It's dirty. It's dirty and crowded in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true too. Dirty and crowded. And you know, for for so many years, they painted New York as as such a depressing place, especially during the winter. You know that it that there was just no no good in New York in the winter. You know, nothing good about it at all, except for the Christmas show, um, Dirty Rock, right? Oh, that the big tree, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, because yeah, you your, your hookers on 42nd Street had to wear coats. And so that's not right. So you don't see anything. So it's depressing. Oh, let me tell you something. There is a strip along here in near in, in Seattle. And you drive along and and damned if you don't see damn near naked women, you know, along that strip. I mean it it's it, it blew my mind because I'd just never seen it 
to that extent. In Seattle? Yeah. Wow. Everyone's got their thing, but I've never heard of them being quite so uh, open, you know? And, and the cops don't even bother them. Uh, why, yeah. I, yeah. I was going to say, why should they? But, you know, you know, sex trafficking, that's for another day. Yeah. You know, everybody says, oh, well, it's a victim knows crime. Well, not necessarily, you know? Yeah, it's not. It's not. Talk to a, talk to a pimp and ask him. Yeah, I used to think that too, but that's that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there has to be choice, and there is no actual choice in what happens to people yeah. who, are, who are forced into sex trafficking. Because if they could do something else and make a living, they wouldn't do that. Right. And maybe they would, but you know, we don't know because they don't have those other choices. Right. 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 And Cranston, I know you. The debate about that taught me one thing, which is I, that 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 kind of discussion taught me one thing, which is if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'll shut my mouth. Because. <laughs> yeah. Cranston, was something else you were saying? Uh, no, that was it for me. That that was it. That was the one that was you know they had it both ways. They're going to make you laugh and cry and cheer all at the same time. So yeah. They did a lot of work on that. Yeah. What about what about that basketball movie with Gene Hackman Hoosiers? I have never seen it, so I don't know. Oh, the movie, the movie with uh, Sean Astin in it when he's Rudy. Uh, yeah, I ain't never seen that either. What about Lorenzo's Oil? These are all manipulative movies. Well, you know what? I think that Lorenzo's Oil was not that manipulative. I thought Lorenzo's oil was more about these parents trying to figure this thing out because the medical community wouldn't figure it out for them. And then they did figure it out. By the time that they figured it out, the unfortunate thing was they had gone to the end of their knowledge. But at least at that point, that their son could communicate with them. You know, I mean, he didn't jump up and get well, and he's 100% better and he's walking and stuff. No, that never happened for him. But he was at least able to communicate with them, and there was you know, nothing from what the medical community did is what these two parents did. So I don't think that it was manipulative at all. I thought it was just just the way it is. It's an unfortunate thing, and it's not a happy thing. It is unfortunate that they were put in the position to have to try to figure this thing out on, on their own. You know, I didn't see this movie. But um, there's a movie of Robert De Niro where they, um, I think Robin Williams is in it. Oh. And it's um, sleep, then a long sleep. And then they wake up and then they, you know, they I go back to sleep, you know, because of what they've been exposed to, they have, they have to go back to sleep. The El Dopa thing. Yeah, uh, Patch Adams, yeah. It wasn't Patch Adams, was it? it was the El Dopa thing. Yeah, it wasn't Patch Adams or something else. That they took although, that although the other the people, sleepers. Was it sleepers or something like that? It could be sleepers. That they had the people on sure. the subway yeah. and they had yeah. been exposed to right. some gas and um, they were trying to figure out, you know, how to, the people come out. Did they 
all of them woke up within the same amount of time. Yeah. And, and by little, one by one, they all went back to sleep. Oh, awakening. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. I was on the wrong end. I said sleepers, so it's awakening. Sleepers is something else, right? Isn't that like a, it's a Woody Allen boys, right? boys being abused or something? No, sleepers is Woody Allen film, right? There were two sleepers. There was one with I think Kevin Bacon. That was the one about the uh, child abuse. And then sleepers, the yeah. Woody Allen one, which was kind of about child yeah. The Woody the Woody Allen one was about uh, uh, audience abuse. Yeah, I remember that one. Same damn film. The same damn film. Yeah, but I tell you, if it's um, like we start talking about these films, and you ask the why. You know, sometimes a why was that? Well, you know what? Though, when you go, when you go see a movie, and you yeah, you seen the trailer of Patch Adams, you know what you're gonna get. Right. You you gonna you 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 go you go into being manipulated. It's like going yeah. into the the fun house or the roller coaster ride. Yeah. You know, you know what you're gonna get. Right, right. You go there to get it. Yeah. Well, nowadays, nowadays you don't even have to see the movie because they put all the good stuff in the trailers. Yeah, you just watch trailers. But just something that's occurred to me: we're talking about uh, this situation with um, Linda Bernstein and his family. You know, saying that uh, who is the guy who wants to play him in the film? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. That he has to the web to wear a prosthetic nose, right? Right. In order to play. Yeah. 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 And I was thinking about something just now when you were talking about Patch Adams and I was thinking about Robin Williams and thinking about, of course, Good Morning Vietnam, where he does the role of Adrian Cronauer, right? Yeah. But Robin Williams looks nothing like Adrian Cronauer. And that's a real person. Yeah. Nobody knows, but nobody knows what, what Cronauer looks like. But I'm saying, but does it matter? Like you're saying, you know, does it matter that people know or don't know what Leonard Bernstein looked like? I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a model, you know. They didn't, you know, get him because he wasn't of, known. He wasn't known for his nose. So I don't. But, I don't but yeah, it. exactly. And just like what is it, the Brian song with the uh, uh, another manipulative movie. Yeah, another manipulative movie with Billy D. Williams. Plays Gale Sayers. He looks nothing like Gale Sayers. Yeah. He didn't have to wear prosthetics. Well, he does around the ankles. Yeah, maybe. maybe, maybe. Right, around, right around the afro. Right around the. He's, he's got he's got the same ashy ankles that yeah. Gale Sayers did. Well, you have to remember things, uh, both for real and fictional characters. They did a uh, TV movie about uh, when H. Ross Perot had uh, hired this group of mercenaries to free some of his people that were being held over at some oil field somewhere. And after they got to play H. Ross Perot, and I guess the casting decision was because he was born in the South and had a Southern accent, they hired Richard Crenna to play H. Ross Perot. Okay, now how in the world, Richard Crenna, gonna look anything like H. Ross Perot? But like you yeah. said, do, do they have to look like that person? No, but H. Ross Perot is like five, six, and Richard Crenna is over six feet tall, so it wasn't a close match. Yeah, I mean, so I want, my issue is that we say these things, but why is it then that Bradley Cooper has to wear a prosthetic nose? 
to be Linda Bernstein? Can't you just act? I know the answer to that is no, because you can't. But uh, you can't just try hard. Well, he, he's getting the nose because he can't act. Yeah. Well, he can't act. Let's at least try to make him look like him, you know? So, uh, something. Well, they tried know, that why? with uh, Zoe Saldana playing uh, 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 Nina Simone. So. I know, that was horrific. How, well, but, how, but here's, a question. here's a question, though. I know you're getting off, off track a little bit. But why, why is it that she has to darken her skin at all? I know, just Why say, I'm Nina Simone. You know, I'm playing Nina Simone. Here I am. Like, you know, like, or, you know, or, aspect, or if that was, the, or if that was important. Of, or if that was important. The aspect of Nina Simone. The aspect of Nina Simone. Hire somebody else. The aspect of Nina Simone was so dark. Yeah, that's the first thing that you noticed about Nina Simone. That makes me sick. But the thing is, that that's sick. you know what, though? But if that's the case, that it may well be, then hire a woman who has dark skin. How difficult it's stupid because it got nothing to do with with who it Nina does Simone. it does because the whole issue of Nina Simone was that she was a dark skinned black woman and if that's the case entire dark skin black woman. But what, what it rolls into it rolls into uh Bradley Cooper's phony phony Jewish love. What I'm saying is that that the fact that Nina Simone being a dark skinned black woman was an important issue. Of who she was. His nose is not an important issue of who he is. You know what though? The thing is this, he was he had a a, a Jewish nose, right? Mm -hmm. Which which is you know stereotypical Jewish honker. Okay. So if he's trying to fit into you know wasp society, maybe Bernstein tried to do that. But if he really wanted to do that, he would have changed his name and got a nose job, I guess. Right. Not, and he I don't didn't. know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about that. Well, well, the other thing is that we live in a society where when people get bored, they just choose something to be outraged about for no apparent reason. I don't know what you think that we're choosing to be outraged about the fact that Bradley Cooper wants to wear a prosthetic nose. I don't give a damn. I don't care. Well, I mean, but the issue is, that, you know, it's like the constant of being in face. That a Jew face, a Jew face, yeah. yeah that I am, you know, but 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 here's the thing though, Penelope. The thing is, this if you get Jew pe Jewish people who say that you know they're offended because he's doing a Jew face, I think people should listen. I agree, it's not the same as uh blackface or you know, um, what whatever people call people trying to portray Asians or well, yellow face, yeah, it's not the same. It's, it's absolutely unmistakably not the same. But in a way, I think it is when people constantly um, berate these people for having a big nose like that. I know that everybody gets a big nose and that's what, you know, they smell all the money or something. I feel awful jokes. I remember them. But I think people do have a right to say, you know, why do you think that's important for you to do? You know, it reminds yeah, you, but like you know, a lot of, and it could be, it could be self-effacing, but you have a lot of Jewish people who make fun of their own nose. They make fun of But them. that's for them to do. Not for other people to do. All right. You know what? I'm going to say I'm getting ready to roll and cook. stop us right now. This is a laugh at 930. I thank you all for listening in. We'll be back again next week here in the Otherhood. Hope to see you then. Have a wonderful remaining of your weekend and have a very productive week. See you next week. Thank you and good night.
Good night. Good night.